0: Good morning church family. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're so glad to be with you. We hope that you had an amazing Christmas and a wonderful sweet time with your families. Our prayer this morning is that you would experience the presence of God in your homes or wherever you may be watching from. And that you would be able to receive the message. So let's open in prayer. Father we pray that you would meet each and every family and each and every person watching right now in their homes, Holy Spirit, that your presence would come and fill them with what you would speak to them, that you would open their hearts to hear uh, what you have to say this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. your name is life, break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn light like fire.
1: I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over fear and all anxiety To every soul held captive by depression I speak Jesus Your Your name is God Jesus in the street, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the street
2: Good morning and happy New Year's Day, happy 2023. Before we jump into the message, I just wanted to remind you of two things. That beginning, not this Monday, but the following Monday, January 9th, we are going to be um, partnering with our entire Foursquare family in 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm very, very excited about it. I would ask you to consider fasting something for these 21 days. And uh, we're gonna have some printouts available for you. We'll have daily reminders of what to be praying for. And our entire Foursquare Church family is going to be doing this together. And I'm very much looking forward to it. So January 9th through the 29th, we will be in 21 days of prayer and fasting. The second thing is, beginning this month, our Rooted groups are going to be launching. If you don't know what Rooted is, Rooted is not your typical small group, but it is is a 10-week catalytic experience for people who want to grow closer to God, but also for people who don't know anything about God or the church or the Bible. It is an opportunity to go deep with people in our church. There'll be opportunities for us to partner together in prayer. Uh, each Rooted group will have an opportunity to have a prayer experience, and each Rooted group also has a serving experience where they go out into the community for a couple hours and they just serve the people around them. So uh, look for an email this week. There will be signups available this week, and um, I'm really looking forward to hearing the testimonies that come out of this Rooted group uh, experience. I went through one in November, and it was incredible. It was transformational, and I uh, highly recommend it to everyone who has done Rooted and who has not done Rooted. So consider jumping into Rooted this month. Well, on the mirror in my bathroom is a sticky note with last year's resolutions, and they are number one, get healthy, and number two, get more consistent. And my devotions with God. Now I know that these are uh, pretty general; they're not very they're not very specific. But I would imagine that many of you tend to make resolutions at the beginning of the year. Maybe similar resolutions: get in shape, read my Bible more, or maybe you abide by a famous quote that says, "If you never have expectations, you can never be disappointed." Right? And that's that's one way to live. Honestly, my devotional life was very lacking. It was very hit and miss this last year, and I also wanted to lose an extra 20 pounds that I didn't lose. And even though our yearly goal, our yearly goals are not always achieved, we like recommitting to something at the beginning of the year, because I think deep down, we want to reach our full potential, don't we? We want to make the most of our time on earth. We, we want to make a difference in the lives of people around us. Additionally, I think there's this underlying sense that, time is ticking away, that the years go by faster and faster. And sometimes I look at my life and I think, is this it? Am I leaving a legacy? Am I making a difference? Am I going to be remembered for anything when I die? Do, am I the only one that has these fears or do you have these fears as well? I hope I hope I'm not the only one. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter five, verse 15. And if you don't have your Bibles, you can pause and go get your Bible and come back to the TV and read together with us, Ephesians five fifteen. It says this, uh, actually to bring us up to speed before we jump into the scripture, let me share with, with you what Paul's writing about to the Ephesians. The, the book of Ephesians was written in two main sections. In the first three chapters, Paul is explaining the gospel story and how we have all been brought into the family of God and we're now united together in Christ. And in light of this truth, the final three chapters of Ephesians are Paul exhorting the church to live differently than the rest of the world. And then he proceeds to give instruction for Christian living. And he speaks towards marriages and family dynamics. And he concludes the book by charging believers to stand firm in the faith and to equip themselves with the armor of God. Ephesians 6, a very famous chapter. But just before the passages that we're about to read, Paul tells believers that we should be imitators of God. Think about that, an imitator of God, an imitator of Jesus. And we should not take part in the things that the world takes part in, things like sexual immorality or foolish talk, or vulgar joking. And he says that believers shouldn't be greedy or participate in fruitless deeds. And then he continues in verse 15 and he says this, so then be careful how you walk, not as unwise people but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get drunk with wine in which there is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks for all the things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to our God and Father, and subject yourselves to one another in fear of Christ. Did you notice how these verses place an emphasis on our actions, on our responsibility, Many of us are used to waiting on a move of God. And because we, le- we believe in a grace uh, that is not earned, we can sometimes become passive in our journey of faith for fear that we're living a works-based salvation. We don't want to live a works-based salvation. But here's the thing. Paul does not share that fear. The New Testament does not share that fear. And God does not magically animate passive instruments without our participation. There's a synergy That must happen between the work of God and our responsibility, what we have to walk out in life. And God is calling his people to respond to his grace and actively engage with him. And we have to make difficult resolutions for our lives that involve the way we use our time, make difficult choices that open ourselves to God and make us willing to be transformed by him. So for the rest of our time, I I wanna use Paul's words to encourage you to make the most of this year. Here's three things that Paul mentions. The first first thing that Paul mentions, he says, to use your limited time wisely. Verse 15, be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. You can spend your time unwisely or you can spend it wisely. Thanks, Pastor. That's really revelatory. You're welcome. But there's two Greek words in this verse that are important to understand. I want to look at these two Greek words. Did you know that the Greeks, they had two different words for time? And the first word is the word chronos, and it refers to quantitative or measurable time. It's the seconds, the minutes, the hours on the clock. It's the days and the months and the years on the calendar. It's a time that can be planned around. It's a time that we can expect. But that is not the type of time that Paul is referring to. He's not talking about chronos time. Paul is actually referring to the other word for time that the Greeks use, and it's the word kairos. And the word here refers to God's timing. It's an opportune time. It's a season, it's a limited period of time. Kairos is when a mother has reached her due date and she looks at her husband and she says, I think it's time. That's the Kairos time that I'm referring to. It's a time that you cannot plan for, but it's a time that's been designed and designated by God. The other word that I wanted to highlight in this verse is translated to make the most, Uh, But the Greek word means to redeem or purchase. So when Paul says, make the most of your God-given designated time, he's saying redeem that time or purchase that time. Let me explain it this way. Have you ever received a gift card or a voucher before? It was purchased by someone else. They already paid for it. And now you have the opportunity to use it or let that purchase go to waste. Once I had received a gift card from uh, a friend at my old church and I took it home and I stuck it with a magnet on the fridge and it sat there for two years and I never used it. And finally, when I went to go use the gift card, I took it to the local restaurant and it had changed ownership and my gift card was no longer uh, was no longer redeemable. I had wasted that opportune time and the gift was wasted, it, uh, uh, I'd passed it on. You see, time, is by far the most precious gift that we can receive. It's the most precious gift from God. It's We cannot get it back. We, we can't get more of it. And we should not waste that gift. If you would allow me to paraphrase what Paul is saying here, using those Greek words that we just talked about, this is essentially what Paul is saying, and it's profound. The days that we live in are evil. And if you do not redeem the God-given season that you're living in, then evil will purchase your time and make use of it through you. You may not have asked for the season you're in. You may feel unequipped for this time. You may wish that circumstances were different, but God has placed you in this opportune time. He has given you a chance to seize this next year, to seize 2023. And if you're not intentional about the way that you walk, then evil will have a chance to use your season instead. Use your limited time wisely. The second thing that Paul says in these verses is to discover God's will for your life. He says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Many people today are living for themselves. They're building a kingdom of their own, a temporary kingdom, a fleeting kingdom. Even many Christians, after putting their faith in Jesus, They continue to focus on a life of comfort that is lived only for their benefit. And my will for my life, if I could choose, if I could pick, it would be a life consisting of ease and pleasure. But that is not God's will for my life and that's not God's will for your life. In fact, Jesus encouraged his followers to deny their flesh of its cravings and of its wants. To take up their cross, he promoted and modeled a life of service to others and submission to the Father's will. God has placed you in this season for a purpose. He has a will for your life that is even better than what you could have ever imagined on your own. It's a life filled with contentment, filled with joy. It's a life filled with God's peace continually flooding over you and feeling his pleasure, his favor on your life. It is a life that makes not a temporary difference, but an eternal difference. Have you discovered what God's will for your life is or are you still living for yourself? Does your life look any different than the lives of people who don't know Jesus personally? Paul says that you're foolish if you don't understand what God's will is. I don't wanna be foolish. I don't think you wanna be foolish either. So how do we discover God's will for my life? In Romans 12, one through two, Paul says this, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters, In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. And then he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We discover God's will when we allow our minds to be renewed, and our minds are renewed when we don't conform to what the world is doing, but instead we allow the word of God to transform how we think and how we act. This next year, I encourage you, if you haven't already, to make reading scripture and spending time in the presence of God a priority. It's where our minds are renewed and it's where we, weren't, it's where we learn what God's will is for our life. Here's the last thing that Paul talks about that I wanna to mention today. Paul says to be filled with the Spirit. Verses 18 through 21 is one long sentence, and Paul gives some clues into how to continually be filled with the Spirit. He says, do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to our God and Father, and subject yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. Again, here Paul is making a contrast between what the world does and how the world acts and what believers are supposed to do and how we are supposed to walk. He says, don't fill your thing, don't fill yourself with things that the world craves. Instead, allow God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. We're filled with the Spirit when we read God's word When we praise Jesus, we just read it in Ephesians. When we give thanks to God and when we submit and serve one another, these are all ways to be filled with the Spirit. And when Paul uses the word fill, he's speaking of holding so much that there is no room left for more. You're completely full. The only way to make more room is to spill some out on people around you. Now, I'm referring to a filling of the Spirit that happens multiple times throughout your life. Yes, there's a baptism, there's a second blessing, there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit that we experience when we invite the Holy Spirit in our lives, but there's also supposed to be this continual filling of the Spirit that happens, and it helps us to walk out our faith practically. I love the imagery of this filling because at Desert Church, our vision is to see dry places saturated with the presence of God, dry hearts, being completely immersed in the Holy Spirit and transformed. And the word saturate that we use in our vision statement is very intentional because it describes the same thing that Paul is describing, to hold so much that there is no room room left for more unless it is spilling out onto others. This next year, I encourage you not only to make reading your Bible a priority, But make praising Jesus a priority. Make it a common practice to thank Jesus at home and make a resolution to consistently be present at church together where we can worship as a church family. And I know that it's ironic that I'm talking about being present at church when we're doing an online-only gathering this morning. But next Sunday, next week, come ready to worship and come with a humble heart that desires to serve others. And these are some ways that Paul says we're filled with the Spirit of God. I wanna leave you with this thought. I guess it would be a charge for this next year. Remember that no matter what happens, 2023 is a year that has been given to you. It has been, you were designed to live in this season, in this year. Do not let this gift go to waste and do not let this gift be used for evil. Devote this year to discovering God's will for your life and look for opportunities to be filled with the spirit. One of those opportunities is every Sunday here at church with your with your church family. And I look forward to seeing you next Sunday. I'm excited to pray and fast with our Foursquare family around the world beginning on January 9th. So let me close in prayer, and then we're gonna sing one more song together. And I want you to listen to the lyrics of this song. It's about revival. It's about the Lord spilling out his presence on this place. So make the lyrics to this next song your prayer for our church and your prayer for yourself in this coming year. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray over every person watching from home or anywhere else, And I ask that your presence would fill that place that they are in. God, that you would give them wisdom to use this year wisely. Lord, that they would not let this year go to waste. They would not let it be used for evil things, but Lord, they would devote it to you. They would make spending time in your presence and reading your word a priority. God, I ask for your favor and your blessing to come on their life. Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing in our church. Come, fill us with your spirit once again. In your name we pray, amen. Let's sing this last song together.
0: Peace like a river, wash over me. Immerse me in water as deep as the sea. like a river, wash over me, as I worship your
1: majesty, I worship your holy name, Jesus my everything. I worship your holy name, Jesus, my every. raise as we cry
0: Heaven break out. Come now in power and cover this land like you've done it before. Would you do it again? Lord send revival. Lord send it now.
1: A move of your spirit. Heaven break out. Come now in power cover this land. Send revival, Lord, send it now. A move of Your Spirit, heaven break out. Come now in power, cover this land like You've done it before. Would You do it again? Lord, send revival, Lord, send it now. A move I've done it before